Previously on The Gaia Miracles. Frozen, encased in ice, pure and clean and nearly transparent, is the body of a man, facing away, back arched, arms and legs floating away from his body. He was suspended in the ice, like a photograph taken underwater. His one gloveless blue hand reaches out to an assault rifle, floating in the space beyond his fingertips. The frozen man wears heavy snow gear like mine, but his is a very specific shade of gray with a very familiar logo on the sleeve. Oh, hold on, hold on. Just putting your batteries in. God, I can't feel my fingers. Okay, I think it's working. Hold on. It's working. Okay, okay. Heidi, has he been there since the freeze? Yes. And we found a snowmobile frozen too, about 23 meters away. Here's a blanket. Oh, thanks. Have you reported this? Not yet. We were collecting ice core samples and we've only just found it. Him. We knew that the entire area would be quarantined and inaccessible after reporting it. And did you see the logo on his arm? Yes. Which is also why I hesitated and why we called you. Me? I mean, what can I do? Barry, I don't think you're wrong about the Heidel Corporation. If you are right and we alert the authorities without some kind of documentation, I believe this will be forced into obscurity. You mean you think they'll cover it up? Yes. Don't let them. There was more. Heidi's team found other equipment and shredded pieces of metal from what looked like other snowmobiles and trucks while exploring the ice. There was evidence of some kind of fight or struggle up there in the very North Pole. Had Heidel Corp found Gaia Prime as they were in the process of freezing the ice cap? Had this become some secret war between them, playing out across the world? Were they working together? Hello, I'm Barry Orson, and welcome to the Gaia Miracles. Once again, I have to remind our listeners that this episode does not reflect the views or opinions or beliefs of Nice Guys Media. I, Barry Orson, and my producer, J.D. Marshall, take full responsibility for the contents, opinions, and views of this episode. Hi, are you John Levine? Johnny. I'm Barry Orson. We spoke on the phone. Oh, yeah. Well, about time. I'm sorry. I got lost. Do you have time to answer a few questions? Uh, About the freeze? Well, hell yeah. I got 30 minutes on my lunch break. I'm gonna eat this sandwich, though. Johnny Levi was working on one of several oil rigs off the coast of Alaska within the Arctic Circle at the time of the freeze. He now works at a canning factory in Anchorage. I lost my job because of them. And who do you mean by them? The Gaia Prime people. You know, whatever shitheads did it, I I don't care who it was. I was working double time. I had been on that rig for almost three weeks. The cold freezing my balls off and we only got a few hours of sunlight every day? You know, if we're lucky, and we weren't. That sounds really intense. Is that a usual schedule working there? Well, hell no. Supposed to be two weeks on, two off. My bosses weren't too happy, but I had a wife and three kids at home and 
Had another one on the way. It's Alaska, but it ain't cheap. That's a big family, so you needed the extra money. How many people were there? 78. It's a smaller rig. Only 23 made it off. 23? That's insane. What happened? What do you think happened? They died. I, I mean, because of the freeze? Yeah. A lot of good people. I've never seen ice do that. You know, what it did. See, we got a pipe through the rig, through hundreds of feet of water, and then it drilled down and down and down in the ocean floor. The rig runs 24-7. Oil and gas goes up the tube and into the tank or out the chimney. We were in the mess hall, shooting the shit, because what the hell else is there do when you can't sleep? And we see the light. Big, bright, and green, coming from the north. And this girl, Nikki, wants to go out and see it. I mean, you can only watch the northern lights so many times before it becomes, like everything else, just boring. By the time we get out there, the light's gone. It's all quiet, except for the shake of the engines. And this noise. Like high-pitched, like nails on a freaking chalkboard, something like that. Like, like you ever hear a grinder cut through thick metal? Screech like that, but louder than anything. It was far away, and then it was coming right at us. The sound of the ice? Yeah. Didn't know it then. Then the, the whole friggin' rig was shakes, like it was a, hit by a fucking ship. Metal starts screeching, everyone's freaking out, and I looked down at the ice. It was like a movie sped up, the, the water freezing and turning white and just growing. Rapid expansion. But yeah, that's what they called it. It grows, shoots out like a spike. It ran the legs of the rig and broke it. The whole thing tilted, I swear to God, but, but the ice pushed in around the pipe and cracked it. Pressure spiked and the whole rig was filling with the gas. Alarms went off and we, we tried to fix it, but the whole rig was just fucked. Then one of the storage tanks exploded from the pressure. Blind chunks killed Howie, just, just ripped him. The black sludge was everywhere, then all it took was one little spark and the whole thing went up. Just exploded. At least the fire was good for one thing. Keeping us from freezing to death. Just, just kept thinking about my kids and hurting my wife was going to put on me. 55 people on Johnny's rig died in the resulting explosion. The fire lasted for nearly two days. It took nearly as long for the National Coast Guard to come to the rescue. Johnny and the other survivors, all injured, some with very severe burns, waited on the ice with nothing but what they were wearing. Johnny's rig was one of six deep-water American rigs within the Arctic Circle, destroyed by the deep freeze in a similar way. There were also some from Norway, Greenland, Scotland, an unconfirmed amount from Russia, and a few others. Can you guess who owned nearly all of them? Oh, I saw it with my own two eyes. Big, black, moved silent. I swear I didn't even see the water moving. This is Ryan Thomas, who was working as a rescue pilot with the National Guard. He had served in the Air Force before that as a specialist in reconnaissance missions, or information gathering. Ryan was the person who took the very first photograph of the black ship believed to be used by Gaia Prime. We were flying over just south of the Bearings. Had a cabin full of people hurt on one of the rigs. But I've got an eagle eye, and I'm trained to see these things. I looked down, and there it was. It was weird, it looked weird. An all-black ship, but I couldn't get a closer look. These people needed a hospital, and they're all whining and moaning, but I snapped a picture anyway. I always carry my camera with me. She's state-of-the-art. Not supposed to have it, but, you know, shh. Anyway, it was dark, 
and we were going fast, but I got it. Did anyone else see it? Nah, too busy saving lives. I got back and had dispatch see if they could find it. Who was out right now? Right after a crisis. But guess what? They got no answer. They couldn't find it. And even spookier, no ship on radar or satellite. I got back out there as fast as I could, but couldn't find it. It's a dark photograph, showing the cold, choppy waters and an all-black ship, mostly a silhouette, moving at an angle with a newly formed ice wall in the far distance. They zoomed in, and through the murky quality, you can just make out the outline of a large satellite dish on the deck, and a white circle on the side. From this angle, you can't make out much of the detail, other than the vague shape of a triangle surrounded by a broken circle, an Ouroboros. This image circulated the obscure corners of the internet, causing an avalanche of conspiracy theories and arguments, ranging from a simple cargo ship to a secret government spy ship to the more out there like an alien spaceship, to just an elaborate Photoshop hoax, like Blurry Bigfoot. It became national news after the US military realized that it had been leaked, along with classified information about the oil rigs, the casualties, and the US suspicion that the deep freeze was a terrorist act. Eventually, Ryan's name was thrown into the mix. He was suspected of being behind the leak, which is a federal offense and borderline treason. There was a vague story of Ryan drunkenly volunteering information he shouldn't know. But to further complicate the issue, Ryan's past record was leaked too. Ryan was discharged from the Air Force for misconduct, a vague reason, but the details revealed he was a little too friendly with military members from other countries, like Russia. He had a record of fighting with soldiers at his home base. Basically, Ryan was not to be trusted. The lack of hard evidence barred him from the Air Force, but not the Coast Guard. I didn't share any secrets with the Ruskies, don't worry, America's safe. Do you know who is responsible for the leak? A leak's a leak, could have come from anywhere. Okay, fine. Who do you think was on that ship? It's Gaia Prime. Who else? Fleeing the seat on the crime. Why are you so sure? Who else can it be? You didn't see those wire rigs. They were crumpled up like pieces of paper, charred black. They were targeted. Why else freeze a bunch of empty water that's already half fucking frozen anyway? I mean, most people believe Gaia Prime was trying to reverse the destruction of the environment. That's some fucking hippie bullshit, man. You think Gaia Prime was some hero? here to save the planet? No. They were not. They had one goal, they had a target, and they had a plan. Helping the planet was a side effect. Their goal was revenge against Hydelcorp. And you know a bunch of people died every time they did one of their little miracles, right? For the record, Ryan no longer works for the Coast Guard and is awaiting trial. It did seem like something out of one of my books, but that is kind of what it felt like. A short story come to life. This is Elena Ortega, one of my favorite sci-fi writers, author of eight novels, several stage and screenplays, and a prolific collection of short stories. Elena is also credited for coining the name Gaia Prime. I was astounded like the rest of the world. Some group was performing something I've only imagined in the sphere of science fiction. Then I saw a photograph of the ship and the emblem painted on it then another and another. There's deep symbolism to it. Symbols of rebirth, nature, the earth, and the mother. Elena's very active on message boards, running a few herself on writing, sci-fi movies and shows, fringe signs, weird and unexplainable phenomenon, and she occasionally likes to debate conspiracy theorists on how plausible their theories are. I'd never seen the internet so riled up. A discussion on the miracles was on every board and blog. 
It might be romanticism or maybe my willingness to be open to the impossible, but I believed Gaia Prime were people. Just ordinary people who found some way to do the impossible, by science or by magic. But as the saying goes, magic is just something science hasn't explained yet. And why the name Gaia Prime? My abuela told me a story that was passed down from our Aztec ancestors about the Genesis Earth Goddess Ketluque. She was the mother of all creation. She wore a skirt made of snakes, a necklace of human hearts and skulls. She bore many children who in turn created everything else, but the children became greedy and destructive. So they conspired against their mother and cut off her head. From the blood rose her son as a full-grown warrior who fought his siblings to the death. I wrote an allegorical sci-fi story about this. It's your book, The Children of Ganymede. Yes, you've read it. It's one of my favorites. Mine too. I'm sorry, go on. The symbols on the ship reminded me of this story. Kalukwe in mythology is both nurturing mother and devouring mother. Within her womb came forth both life and death. The Ouroboros is a symbol of the same. Life and death feeding into each other. Life consuming itself. Why are all myths so violent? I would argue so is life. Yes. And I quickly discovered that Katlukwe was nearly impossible for the internet to pronounce, so I settled on a more popular equivalent. Gaia, Mother Earth. And what about Prime? Prime is in first. Maybe the first group to be able to do what they did. Call it wishful thinking. And I just thought it sounded really cool. But I think the symbolism is clear. Gaia Prime is bringing life from death, growth from our destruction. Can't have one without the other. My first real, first-hand evidence of Heidel's involvement was suspended in ice in the North Pole. Hello, can you hear me, Heidi? Yes, hi. Hi, what's going on? As we expected, the area has been closed off. We've been instructed not to approach or interfere. By whom? Hard to say who has control. We've seen people from Norway, Sweden, the U.S., and some private investigators from Grey Industries. That's Heidel. Grey Industries was their parent company. Yes. So they're there, then. Have they released any information? I haven't seen anything on the news yet. No, not yet. But we have been questioned several times. I did have to tell them about you, Barry. I am sorry. No, no, that's okay. I'm sure they all know by now. Honestly, I've been holding my breath just waiting for a knock on my door. I imagine they're not too happy about our interview, huh? No, they are not. We have been thoroughly reprimanded, and they are reviewing our research for funding purposes, so they say. They're trying to cut your funding. I think that's the idea, yes. But I'm not worried. We recorded everything, and Kristoff is on our side. I'm really sorry, Heidi. It's all right. No point in spilling the milk and crying. That's not right, is it? (laughs) No, but I love it. I did hear a rumor of sorts. They managed to remove the, uh, person from the ice. Have they identified him? I don't know. Hmm. What's bothering you, Heidi? I feel confused. By what? That person, assuming it occurred during the freeze, was there for almost two years. Did anyone know he was missing? I've been thinking about that, too. There's a list of missing persons, as you know, and a list of known deaths related to the deep freeze, but but not one of them on either list is listed as an employee of Heidel. Heidel did own the oil rigs, but under an imprint company. They used that name instead, and according to them, all of the dead have accounted for. Huh. But did anyone miss him? 
family, friends, co-workers? At the time of this recording, the only information released about the body in the Arctic is just that. A missing person was found, accidentally, by scientists working in the Arctic. No identification has been made. No comment on why or how he came to be in the North Pole frozen in ice. But the most prominent gap of information is the connection to Heidel Corp. No mention of his uniform, nothing about the assault rifle he was holding, nothing about the destroyed snowmobiles or pieces of other vehicles. No connection to Gaia Prime either. Here is my attempt to fill in the blank. The deep freeze destroyed nearly a trillion dollars, yes, trillion with a T, in property, equipment, ships, etc. The largest chunk of that estimate is for Heidel Corp, or its imprint company, aptly named Black Star Oil, formerly the biggest supplier of oil and coal in the world. In other words, they had lost the most because of the freeze. Gas prices skyrocketed, Heidel stocks plummeted, and one of their biggest and most lucrative branches of industry was destroyed, overnight, again. The epicenter of the deep freeze is believed to be the North Pole. From the crater that I saw, I think that's accurate. Gaia Prime moved by sea and ice in the darkest of polar nights to freeze the ice cap. Maybe Heidel Corp saw them, or had followed them north. Maybe they tried to stop them. A fight broke out, but the water and ice shifted and froze anyways. One man was trapped in an icy grave. Gaia Prime fled past the Bering Strait where their ship was waiting, and they headed south between Russia and Alaska. And from high above, Ryan Thomas snapped a photograph. Maybe. I just want to say that I haven't decided what side of the debate I'm on. I experienced the miracles in one way for so long, learning and understanding at the same pace as the rest of the world. But now, through this investigation, I'm seeing it from an entirely new perspective. Elisa, as usual, was steps ahead of me. She was seeing straight through all of the noise. It is so much more complicated. All of the information buried and skewed by the media, by social networks, the internet as an entity, the government, Heidel Corp. So for now, I remain objective. I'll keep digging. I'll be flexible to new information as it surfaces. This will be the narrative that I follow as we continue to explore the Gaia miracles, follow it south across the Atlantic to Africa, and then back to our home here in Chicago. Thank you for listening. Then rip your elf to pieces! Dendi, no! <laughs> Next, I go for your kingdom. Barry, you're actually pretty good. <laughs> oh god, thank you. I mean, I can't believe I'm playing D&D with Elena Ortega. Don't do that. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. <laughs>